everybody, how's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys know what it is. This is Kevin from the Code Progression Podcast. But it's about MSOTD Rocks. We're rocking metal thrive. Wishing you a happy Thursday. It is December 3rd, and now I am officially older. Yeah, yesterday was my 26th birthday, so I'm an old man, god darn it, but I'm still the crazy Kevin with all the energy that you guys know and love. So for today's episode, we have yet another great guest on the podcast because this is day two of our string with MVK Music Group as we are interviewing a good amount of the bands that they have under their umbrella. So please welcome to the show out of Alabama, the band Seven Stone Riot, where we talk about a lot of crazy things like Limp Biscuit. Yeah. Different types of manipulation. Well, that's what their song manipulation is about. So, of course, we go into that. And then just, of course, have a bunch of different fun conversations in there for the next hour and a half for you guys. So, please welcome Seven Stone Riot. Are you guys ready? Because I know I am. So, let's go. Yeah. Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of the Court Progression Podcast, this is episode number two in our series with MVK Music Group, where we got connected with them. We're talking with a good number of their bands so that you guys can get in with them now. So please welcome from Alabama, Seven Stone Riot. So guys, welcome to Court Progression Podcast. What's going on? Thank you for having us. Thanks for being on it. And I'm like I said before we jumped on, it looks absolutely beautiful out there. You guys got the garage door open, sunshine, looks amazing compared to cold, rain, wind. Wish I, was, right. I wish I was where you guys are right now. Yeah. It feels good. Yeah, most of the time it sucks, but it's pretty alright right now. Yeah. So. Is it because most time just like real hot, real muggy, real humid? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's either damn it hot or damn it cold. Right. <laughs> There's no in between. Yeah. And like the humidity is just, it's a killer, dude. It sucks so bad. It can be a nice 75, but humidity's 100%. And it's just like, well, <laughs> that's whatever. the worst part is the humidity. Yeah. Oh, God. I, I kind of get the same thing up here where it's all of a sudden, well, only in summer, though, because all of a sudden, time it's like, okay, it's like 75, 80 degrees outside. All of a sudden, the humidity is really high, and it's just, it feels like it's 95, 100 degrees outside. But I've been to places like I've gone out west, gone to like Denver, when they're like, oh, yeah, we got a huge heat wave going on. It's like 102 outside. I walked outside and I'm like, this feels like 76, 77 degrees because there's no humidity whatsoever. So it's yeah. it's kind of nice. Nice. I bet that is pretty nice. <laughs> yeah, but now as winter ro- is starting to roll and I'm still looking at that, just like the sunshine through, I'm thinking, oh, man. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. But as we jump into this, I always like to start out with this so that the people that are listening can really get in the know with you guys a little bit more. So what I want you to do is I want, we're going to do this like full on like grade school, middle school, high school, college welcome week style where I want to go around the room. I want you guys to introduce yourselves with your name, what you guys do in the band, and my favorite thing that I always ask, a fun fact about yourself. But the fun fact has to be the wackiest thing you can think of. Because I would like to hear the, all the wacky stuff. I've heard had people give me their <laughs> Tinder bios. That's like a classic right now. I've had people tell me about their like famous Instagram or Twitter pets. That's always a good one too. And so if you guys can top any like crazy wacky things, go for it. Well, I'm wit and I'm the singer and I like to party. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Todd and I also like to party. <laughs> That's all you need. Just party. You don't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Reed. I play guitar and uh, I like to drink and sometimes party. Mostly <laughs> My name is Skyler. I play the drums. 
I like to hang out with them while they party. <laughs> <laughs> so they gonna have to rename this podcast to the Party Podcast after that. Yeah. Holy shit, that was good. <laughs> oh god. God, I forgot. God, no, I'm trying to think of who who said that. It was like there's someone's like just like the party. That's it. Or it sounds like it's from the movie Hot Rod. Okay. I was like, I for some reason, I was, I was waiting for that question, and I was already going to answer it that way, anyways. For some reason, I was feeling like I was gonna go with like uh, Talladega Nights, like yeah, with a tuxedo T-shirt. You know, I want to be formal, but I'm here to party. Yeah. Right. <laughs> God damn it! Hot Rod is one of those movies that not a lot of people know about. It's just hilarious. It, it's one of those things like I know about Hot Rod. I've seen it before, but it's not. It's not like I've seen it like once or twice, maybe compared to like a, some other right. movies where it's just. Other movies about, you know, thing motorized vehicles where I've seen them like 20 or 30 times. Mostly right. the Fast and Furious franchise. That's about it. I like to get fast. I like to get furious. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but alrighty. So as we're here with Seven Stone Riot, as every as you guys know, um, want to get in the know with some of your music first. Because taking a look at what was being said about your music, what I saw in some different, like different bios, some different write-ups on your music. One thing I saw with the style of music that you're compared to is that hard rock style scene comparisons to sh- bands like Shinedown, bands like Seven Dust, and bands like Tool. So when it came to really forming the sound that Seven Stone Riot has, how did you guys come up with that sound? What were your influences and how this all come together? I think the sound came from trying to not sound like our influences, but keep them in mind at the same time, like where our roots come from kind of deal but we also want to have our own sound and not particularly sound like our favorite bands it just kind of happens that way because it's how you're influenced you know yeah plus plus we all have like different influences so i feel like when you mix all those influences together that it just kind of makes our sound well i mean that's kind of the point of making music too as a band just because you don't want to sound exactly the same like let's say let's use seven dust as an example you don't want to just basically recreate the songs that they created and right, sound yeah. exactly like them but if you grew up listening to them and that's what you really enjoy you're going to end up being influenced by that going forward but because you have multiple members in the band everyone's going to have different influences so when you're writing music you're going to throw in these different influences so eventually it's going to basically be thrown in this one large pot you're going to end up turn on the stove end up boiling it start stirring it up and by the time it's done it's going to be something completely new and completely different but it's going to have pieces of all those in there because that's what you guys grew up listening to. That's what you guys are listening to now. That's what you guys really feel connected with. So it just makes sense that way. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's ideas kind of inspires more ideas, you know, like, Oh man, that was cool. Let's try that again. Or, you know, you know, stuff like that where I typically wouldn't go there, but somebody else in your band did. And you're like, Oh shit. I like what that you was did. Sick. Yeah. So you just start doing stuff <laughs> differently, you know? And, uh, Really, the goal is to be different than what we hear, even though we enjoy what we hear a lot. So. Plus, I also feel like you can listen to like a bigger name band, and you can pretty much pinpoint who their influences are. Oh, even if they have so. a different sound than most bands have. Oh, easily because there's some bands where it's just like you're wondering, like, what the hell did they come up with this stuff? But it's like okay. you're looking at some of the influence that they might have is just, oh, they really remind me of, let's just say. They remind me of like ACDC or something like that. Because yeah. I've, I've had a couple bands in the podcast, so they kind of have more of that, like the 80s style kind of. I'm like, oh, you have this like flow that really like ACDC has, or like Motley Crue kind of has, or even yeah. one I was like, you guys kind of have that Iron Maiden flow with just how like certain fast paced styles on it and just how it drives throughout the song. Of course, they don't sound really like them, but it's just you get that feel, you get that same vibe as you yeah. do when listening to those bigger bands. So 
that's where the yes. connection really comes in. Right. No doubt. It's all an emotional connection with music. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But outside of that, I mean, like, how did you guys get together as a band, too? Because I think I was reading some stuff. You guys formed back in 2016. Is that correct? Uh, this 2014, we were just doing cover band stuff. And then, figure it out. yeah, took a couple of years doing that. And then I think it was like 2015, 16 is when we started writing our own stuff. Okay. So that's where I got that 2016 yeah. from was from you guys started writing your own stuff instead of doing right. the whole cover band thing. But what was it like doing the whole cover band thing to start out with? And kind of like, if you had to go back and do it again, would you do the whole cover band thing again or to start out with and then jump into your own music? Or would you try and jump in your own music from the forefront? Like just starting out right away. I think it's a good idea to start with covers and kind of like build that chemistry with each other and kind of feel out where you want to be or what you want to sound like playing different <laughs> covers from, you know, different perspectives, I guess. That and especially somewhere like here where you don't really, like there's a music scene, but it's very small. It's a cover sense. music yeah. scene. <laughs> um, and especially for like rock music, it's not a very big music scene so it's a lot easier to be able to do the covers that people like to hear and you know get people to be like oh i like the way they play these songs whatever and even if you kind of like throw your own twist on a cover people will see it and they're like oh that's rad then you get people to start following you then you can start throwing your originals in and then you know then yeah. you can build a fan base by having to start at the very very bottom with originals because it's it's hard <laughs> no matter if you got a scene or not it's hard right so yeah. I mean that does make that does make a lot of sense. Don't get me wrong, because it's kind of a very similar way here, where there's a lot of bands that when they start out, it's of course you got to find a way to get people to listen to your band and listen to your sound and get and get acquainted with it. And if you're a very small band, you know you're up on stage somewhere, whether it be just some small venue or it might be uh, like a festival or something. Or here in Milwaukee, the the good old church festivals, because churches got to make money somehow. So let's throw festivals where. We got carnival rides and there are people drinking beer, listening to rock and heavy metal, which is always a good time. But, yeah. but it just Jesus get... loves metalheads too. What was that? The Jesus loves metalheads too. <laughs> I mean, I mean, look at the hair that Jesus had. I mean, the, the amount of <laughs> the amount of frontmen in rock and metal that have that same kind of hairstyle. It, it's, oh, yeah. it's it's an influence, yeah. man. Yeah. But kind of where I was going with that is just uh, what what you guys were saying. Where all of a sudden, just trying to get people to just get to the in the know with your sound because if they're you're going to be playing originals right off the bat at some of these places people aren't going to really show up because they don't recognize anything that it is so they're going to just be like oh i'm going to go with what's more comfortable i'm going to go with what i know right. so it's going to be able to pass it by but if you're going to be playing a, a cover let's say like a like a festival or something and people know that song they're going to come up and listen to it because they want to know oh we want to watch some live music let's just find something that we like and boom you're playing something that they like but if you put your own little twist on it all of a sudden ooh that might be interesting. And then they get, in the, they get in the know with you and all of a sudden they start following you guys a little bit more to the point where when you start writing your own original music, they focus in on that. And it's like, okay, now you start to have that, that like re, that like local and regional fan base starting to build up just off of that. We do still play a couple of covers just for that familiarity. Like bands can, or fans can like see where we're coming from kind of deal, like playing stuff that, we're influenced by and maybe they'll understand more where we're coming from with our originals if we throw those covers in kind of deal what kind of covers are you guys usually playing right now if you guys are playing like what covers do you pick when you guys are playing the couple that you do um chevelle 
corn, tool, Lint biscuit. Uh, Lint biscuit. Lint biscuit's the best one. That's the most yeah. fun one. Yeah. yeah, we all love Lint biscuit. Everybody yeah. loves Lint biscuit. <laughs> that shit's so fun. Whether they want to admit it or not. <laughs> it's, it's, it's everyone's secret guilty pleasure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If you hate Lint biscuit, fuck you. They're just, they're... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. Like, they're just a fun, a fun, heavy band. It's hard not to like them. Because it, it's it's something that like the people that really are vehemently against Limp Bizkit, it's just they take everything way too seriously with music. It's just Limp Bizkit isn't meant to be taken seriously. It's meant to just have fun with. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I'm sure they bought their CD. And their guitar player is <laughs> sick as fuck. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, I'm pretty sure they brought they bought uh, the chocolate starfish and the hot dogs oh, yeah. with water. Definitely. <laughs> That's the best one. <laughs> For, for, for the sole fact that they just want to keep rolling, rolling, rolling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but, so what Limp Bizkit tracks do you guys cover specifically? Because I'm really curious about this now, and I kind of want to know how this turns out. Because uh, with Limp Bizkit, you're going to have that, like, energetic feel to it. So I feel like it's going to be really hard for you guys to just, like, be up on stage and not just let loose and just go nuts. Yeah, oh, yeah. We do uh, My Generation. That's the one we cover. Oh, really? About. And we'll always see like the one person that we expect not to like it is always the one standing up and getting into it more than anybody else. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, these people hate this concert right now. We're way too loud for them. And you start playing with this and they just jump out of their seat. Yeah. <laughs> But that's something that you guys can really have in your arsenal too when it comes to playing live shows because it's that one thing. It's just like okay, if maybe if the, maybe if the crowd just isn't feeling it at certain points, all of a sudden, okay, we're gonna pull out the Limp Biscuit cover. We're gonna see what happens, and then everyone's just gonna go nuts. Yeah, yeah. that's typically what happens. Right. Well. Um, next year, can you guys do that in a church parking lot, like at a church festival, <laughs> just to see what happens? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, w- I would find it absolutely hilarious. Don't get me wrong. I'd just be sitting there all of a sudden just, all right, we're going to buy some Limp Biscuit. No. <laughs> just have that look on my face. It's like, it's like saying no, but also have that look on my face and just like starting to nod my head up and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not supposed to like this, but I do. I love it. <laughs> but then at that moment, you guys got to like have t-shirts that says Jesus was a Limp Biscuit fan. <laughs> Jesus wore a red cap. Jesus wore a red cap. I was gonna say, well, was wasn't it always a uh, uh, L.A. Angels hat that he always wore? So I mean, it would really make sense with the Who's whole that? Jesus uh, Fred Durst. Didn't he always wear like an Angels hat? It was a red New York. Yeah. Oh, it was a red New York. I thought it was an Angels one. Oh well. No, I look silly. Oh, well, I always look silly on this podcast anyway. Yeah, I didn't know. I thought he swore red hats. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm probably the lowest of the totem pole. You just saw the MLB logo <laughs> on it. Yeah, I saw the MLB logo. I'm like, okay, I've got a couple of things I can pick from. And I went with what I thought it was. But clearly he yeah. was using a red New York Yankees hat, which makes no sense. But then again, it's Fred Durst, so who cares? Well, it's because he had his red New Era cap in his song. So he always had to wear a red New Era cap. M- makes sense. I mean, got got to stick with that branding, I guess. You're right about it. You gotta live it. Mm-hmm. And like, I think they made it like a, there was a weird like commercial last year. I forgot what it was, but there was someone that was, they were talking about buying a new car for some car company. It might have been Audi. And the car that this woman was driving had Limp Biscuit stuck in the CD player. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. And I think they were playing. I think they're playing uh, 
I think break stuff. And it was just like, she <laughs> ended up like pulling up to a crosswalk and all of a sudden you see Fred Durst crossing the street, mm-hmm. has the red hat on, look, <laughs> looking, looking like, like 20 years older, Fred Durst. And he just looks at just big old nod carrying two grocery bags. <laughs> I, never saw, I never saw that. I haven't seen that either. Yeah, she takes the dealership. She's like, something's wrong with my car. <laughs> something like that. Wrong with <laughs> I'd say, you mean something's right with your car? Come on. Right. <laughs> the only thing right with it is like this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It might have been like a 1995 Geo Prism or something. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I mean,. Jeez, now I'm starting to think like I kind of want to just buy a beat up old car just to put like Limp Biscuit in the CD player, get it stuck, and then try and sell it and see what happens. <laughs> you probably sell it for more than it's worth. <laughs> Honestly, because there's probably gonna there's probably one because there's probably two types Limp of Biscuit be- stuck inside. Yeah. There's probably two types. Price five thousand. Well, because there are two types of people that would buy it. There'd be one pe- person that would buy it that would want to just destroy the car for that fact, but there'd be another person that says they want to destroy the car for that fact, but they really want it because right. no matter what, when you turn the radio, you can't listen to anything but Limp Biscuit. Right. Yeah. And then no, your friends can't judge you. And then you can just name the car the Biscuit. Yeah. So when you go out, it's like, what car are we taking? We're gonna take the Biscuit. <laughs> It's like, why are we taking the biscuit? Well, we're doing it all for the Mickey. Right. Duh. Yeah. It's like the Merc Mobile from Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that'd be. But what if it would be? What if it made it even better? But get Limp Biscuit on cassette tape and stick it in there and get it stuck. Right, that'd be even better. I gotta find a car that still has a, like a cassette deck though. That is the real issue. Yeah, those are hard to find. Probably yeah, some yeah. Toyotas out there. <laughs> the, some the, old Camrys that are still rolling around. Oh, some yeah. Civics. <laughs> Oh, there, pro- there probably is. I remember uh, one of my, my best friend's dad, he had this old Toyota Camry for, God, I think it was like 30 years. Finally yeah. got rid of it in 2015. Dang, it, was a, it was in 1985. I'm like, how the hell did you make your car last 30 years? Must be a good car. Like, it didn't even have a CD. Last that long. No Man. CD player, nothing. All it had was a cassette deck, and that was it. Yeah. <laughs> he changed the oil in it. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much all that was done with it. It's like, I just need to change the oil on that thing. Then it was good. But then, you know, time ends up catching up to it. Had to be retired. Sent to the uh, scrapyard for like 20 bucks, maybe. <laughs> how old it was. But then again, you might have gotten more for it because, you know, vintage parts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. You got the most out of that thing. Oh, easily. Now, if only we could have gotten Limp Biscuit stuck in that tape deck. Could have got I, I, five thousand more dollars out of it. Oh, easily. I take full responsibility for that one. <laughs> Could have made that happen, but oh well. What are you gonna do? But going forward with uh, Seven Stone Ride, because you guys, again, like we were talking about doing the whole entire cover thing, and then started making your own music. When you guys started writing your own music, what was that process like? Was it something where one guy was writing something and then you guys kind of just threw everything like kind of like collaborate on it afterwards or something where you guys wrote it all together and just kind of took influences in different sections, different styles from other people's backgrounds and influences and styles. Yeah. When, uh, when we first started, it was kind of, we all just kind of split up, wrote our own parts and they came together and we would just do the best we could to make them all make sense which is kind of something different than we did with the new song Manipulation. With Manipulation, we kind of, we all had a say on what each part did, which I think helped the song 
way more pretty much. So that's pretty much the route that we figured is the best route to take is everybody has a say in each part of the song. To add to to that too, like when we first started writing music together, it was more of like a full band setting where we all got together and just sat down and worked out ideas together and like fed off of each other's like, like basically the drummer or whatever the guitar player were doing, we try to follow each other and just create that way. Right. And then we went on tour with this band who did everything on the computer and like they would track stuff like parts and then build off of that. And that's what we've been doing basically since like, I don't know, 15, 16 is sitting like most of our best stuff that we've written has been on a computer realistically sitting down in front of it and like tracking stuff out and like oh i don't like that and you delete it and try again you know what i mean or you have a better idea and you put that idea in. just we're we're living in the future kind of deal so like everything we do is on the computer right yeah you know? so like the manipulation song was done in this garage that you're looking at right now and we our drummer went and recorded at eric bates studio in tarrant alabama which is very well known. Like a lot of big bands have come there. Like I think Travis Barker's been there and track stuff. Trace Adkins. Is that the same place? Is it in a warehouse? That's a great place. Yeah. It's oh, still Tarrant. really well known. That uh, well, I'm talking about the wrong place. <laughs> There's a place in Tarrant that's very well known. Like a lot of big bands come in, but it's a different studio. But uh, Rumbo, yeah. Yeah, but we, we just kind of like the writing process that we have now is different than it was five years ago. Yeah. We do things a little bit differently now and we all have our own lives like three of us have kids and we all work full-time jobs so a lot of the parts that are written are like we was talking about on our own or we'll come get together on sundays like today and throw ideas together and capture what we can and then let it marinate for a while and then build off, off of that so Let's say that's a pretty good way to go about it, especially, you know, working more on a computer right now just to track all that stuff because what's going to end up happening is you're going to track something and everyone's going to be able to listen to it. It's like, okay, maybe someone likes that. Maybe someone doesn't like that. But with the fact that you have it tracked, you're able to look at it in a little bit of a different light instead of just looking at it at face value, you're able to get a little bit deeper into it. So maybe someone has an idea where, okay, this, I looked what they did, what you guys did on this specific part of this track that you're trying to, tra- trying to track, but it just doesn't hit the proper emotion you guys are trying to go for with the overall feeling of the song or how the song is progressing. It's like, you might be trying to force something a little bit, but instead of letting it happen naturally, it's like, okay, let's pull that back. Let's see where the song's trying to go with. Let's see where we can take what we just tracked and then made on a certain part and then kind of tweak it just a little bit. So the bass is still there, but then it better up matches with the overall flow and feel of the song that you're trying to create at that moment. It was like that with uh, manipulation. The uh, the day that I went to the studio to track live drums for it, um, the demo version of the song right before the breakdown, it was kind of like the sim. It was a very similar drum fill like through there. It was oh, very yeah, straightforward. Yeah. When we got in there, I'd been thinking about it, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna try something a little different. So I did, and it ended up working out really well. And I'm doing like a part with like the ride, and some yeah. other crashes and stuff. Um, and we ended up liking the way it sounded a lot more than it did previously. So just for example, you know, it's one of those moments. That's a good it's always example. cool when that happens too, because it's like when you first hear it, you're like, whoa, that kind of threw me off. <laughs> and then you hear it again, you're like, okay, I kind of dig that. Yeah, there's there's plenty of times where, I mean, you guys probably test this too, not only with the songs you make, but songs that you listen to and the music you listen to, where you listen to something and at first glance, you're like, okay, this isn't going to make any sort of sense. 
And then when you listen to it just right away, just because, okay, you got to listen to it once and you're completely thrown off by it. You got to listen to it again and again, just to really understand what the hell happened. Maybe after two or three listens, you figure out, it's like, holy crap, this is what we needed to go with. And this is what we needed to work with so that the song really hits the way we want it to hit. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. And like, just kind of, like you said, just going, doing live live session all of a sudden, okay, let's just track this, let me try something different. Kind of manipulated the song of manipulation there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No wonder why you guys named it manipulation. <laughs> it's a very broad term that can be perceived in different ways, you know. Like everybody deals with manipulation in their lives. So. Life is manipulation. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Every aspect of life is manipulation. Oh, oh, easily, especially with everything that we just went through here in 2020. It's just like, yeah, I totally agree with that. Right. Yeah. Like, it can even be, like, a good manipulation. Like, there's good manipulations and there's bad manipulations. Like, what kind of a... Like, can you give me an example of a good manipulation if you have one on the top of your head? Because I'm trying to think of one right now, too, just to, like, think, is there a good manipulation? Because there's got to be some. Well, like, just convincing like... somebody, like, hey, you should do this. And you give them, like, a reason why. That's, to me, is manipulating them into realizing that this is a good thing to do. Like, taking a job that pays good money or something. Or make them feel like they're worth more than what they're putting right. out kind of deal because they believe in what they believe, yeah. which is mediocrity. But really you're trying to show them something greater and right. will they take that risk or not. And that's manipulating them to believe something different right. than what they already believe. As long as it's for like the better yeah. picture yeah. for that person to, because then it can easily be turned back around to bad manipulation yeah. if you're like <laughs> tell them to go work some shit you want to see bad manipulation just turn on the tv oh there it is any channel, any, channel. <laughs> any news network hey, oh yeah any news network they're gonna tell you just like everything's absolutely horrible just to try we're and all you dying to... right now yeah it's like... gonna blow up in 30 minutes <laughs> by, by the way <laughs> or um everyone's gonna go like kenny in south park and just spontaneous combustion that's how it's gonna get right. us <laughs> only trust the food network and then the one that plays uh uh golden girls <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can trust that one <laughs> I don't know, man. B. Arthur, those eyes are a little bit shifty to me, man. I don't know if I can trust the Golden Girls anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but, but one thing I actually am a fan of what you brought up with that is when you're talking about manipulation, just the biggest thing that I got for that was every time people think of manipulation, everyone, like what I was bringing up was everyone thinks of it like in a negative light. Right. And where you guys are talking about it is you're thinking of it in more of a positive way in terms of in a sense, manipulating someone, but like turning them towards a better life, something better for themselves that they might not necessarily be seeing where say someone's involved with drugs and alcohol to a point where it's absolutely destroying them, but they're not realizing it kind of manipulate them a little bit just to see what's going on to all of a sudden letting them make the decision to either continue on or to change their life and just see what happens from there. That's kind of the good manipulation you're talking about. And that's kind of something that needs to be address a little bit more so that manipulation doesn't have that consistent bad term behind it so that yeah. people can kind of it's think of like manipulation also is like positive influence at the same time as well if it's mm -hmm. given the right context right yeah i mean it's kind of in the lyrics too you know it's like you have bloodshot eyes and you're hoping to see just a bit of light you know because yeah. you're sick of all the manipulation you're like you're just drained and you're hoping to see a little bit of light come out of all of this kind of deal i don't know 
Yeah, and especially for 2020, my God, is that perfect? Holy shit! It's, we're just constantly looking for the constantly looking for something like concerts again and mosh pits. Well, that's right. kind of me, though. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Sorry, there's a real loud banging going on. Yeah. Oh. It sounds like a headboard slapping like the wall. <laughs> if we go like this. <laughs> we got distracted. Yeah. <laughs> I said, "Well, what the hell? What the hell was that, though?" Like, did you hear it? Could you? Hear no, it? I didn't hear. It? I just, I just started seeing you guys just like start smacking your like just watching the side. I'm like, "What the hell is going <laughs> on?" Like somebody's sitting in their garage with a hammer. Yeah, they're just <laughs> slamming their hands against the garage doors. What it sounds like. Somebody must have already lost some money in football today. <laughs> Probably. Or maybe they were listening to manipulation, thinking like, "Why did I not listen to this earlier?" <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I, I mean, they're slamming their head into the door instead of their. <laughs> I'll say, if it was someone slamming their head into a door, that is probably not going to be the thing because, see, that's something that I would do mostly. But I'm already here. You guys can see me. You see, you're not seeing my head bang against a wall right now. So I think we're fine on that. But if it is something where they lost a lot of money in football, even though like right now I think we're at like halftime of most game or the early games right now that we're on the day that we're recording this. I'm not sure how much money you could, but, but then again, there are the proxy bets, so who knows? Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or, if, or maybe some guy found out that he's so far down in his fantasy football league that he's going to have to do the uh, the last place punishment of getting a bad tattoo. You never know. Oh, yeah. 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 Our last place punishment this year is somebody has to do stand-up comedy at open mic night. Wait, what? Oh, yeah. I'm so excited for that. I, I kind of wish I was going to come in last now. <laughs> oh my God. That is, that is an incredible fantasy football punishment. I didn't even think about doing that. Cause we had, cause my buddies in college and I, we did a, we would always do them. But the year that I lost like completely outright, they're like, Oh yeah, you have to do your fantasy, fantasy punishment. I'm like, okay, what is it? I kept asking what it was. They never came up with it. So by the time the next year's draft was over, I'm like, I don't have to do anything. You guys lost it. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> but we, we've, but like, I've had some really wacky ones where there was the first year we did it. Uh, the kid that lost, he had to dress up as a janitor and go around the apartment building that we were at in uh, that year in college. He had to knock on the door and ask people if they wanted cleaning service. <laughs> <laughs> the last, the last, one you did? last year, our punishment was uh, whoever came in last had to wear a Letterman jacket to the bar. Oh god. I think the worst one that we ever ever came up with was the kid that lost was uh he was in Argentina for that semester and when he came yeah. back it was the first day of class, he was going to class because he was in a business school, so he had, was dressed up in a suit for his first day. And before he left, all of a sudden, I just looked at him and I said, it's time. Just, no, no, what is it? And I started knocking the doors in the apartment. Room. I'm like, guys, it's time. It's time because I told everyone about this. So we made him stand at one end of the hallway. And as he was walking down the hallway, every one of us that was on the floor at the time and was up, we all were standing along the side of the hallway. Everyone had as much body spray, perf- perfume, and cologne that they had. And we just, sp- it was like a gauntlet. We just sprayed him as he walked down. And he had to, he had to just smell rancid the rest of the day. <laughs> like for, for, the, for the professors that he had, it's like, what a great first impression. I mean, 
<laughs> they might not remember what you look like, but my god, they're gonna easily remember what you smell like for the rest <laughs> of your life. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he took that suit to get like dry cleaned or something because it was like he, <laughs> he couldn't do anything with it. It was bad, but yeah. now, now I'm starting to think like I'm pretty sure that guy found out that he had to do something like that. Maybe he's the guy that has to do stand up comedy, or maybe even maybe something like uh, let's see, the guy pining on his garage. Maybe he has to go up and perform an original song. At a bar. No. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? We'll see what happens. But I w- jumping back into manipulation, because that is, again, your latest song at the moment, which came out, I believe it was on October 9th, was that? Yep. Ooh, look at me. I finally got one right. Woo! <laughs> Happy about yeah, that. Okay. We, we kind of talked about the meaning of it, but what was the inspiration behind just how the song sounds overall? Because I was trying to really dissect it. I mean, I'm taking a look at a different screen of my computer right now. I've got like a two-page note sheet on this whole entire song, but I kind of want to get to know what was the influence behind the song in terms of how it sounded and why you did certain, like why you did, why you wrote the chorus the way you did, because I'm a little bit curious on the chorus, especially on the vocal side. So I want to know what the construction style was and how that was written. It's a, it's kind of like where you, you're trying to get somebody to see things from your side, like right. how you feel manipulated. Like that's why it says, let's turn the trade places and turn the tables and you consume the same manipulation that I am and see how you feel about it. Kind of You'll have the same views that I have pretty much. Yeah. Like we're all, it's pretty much say like we're all the same, but we all have different manipulations that make us do what we do. Like or, somebody will look right. down on you for doing things the way you do it and not have an understanding or a reasoning with why you're doing it that way when in fact you don't know another way you know right. because you've been influenced to believe that way so and somebody may get frustrated with you or have a lack of expectation from you because you didn't do something a certain way kind of deal you know what i mean it's just uh i don't know how to finish that kind of thing there was, there was like three different courses yeah yeah interesting because like the one thing that kind of threw me off about that chorus initially or all three was just the vocal style that was done on that because when i was listening to the whole entire song and this is me just being given my honest opinion on this i was trying to figure out exactly what the purpose was and what the reason was behind the the lyrics of that point just because when i listened to it it felt like there was something like different with the vocals where i was expecting something a little bit more like volume more with a lot more volume a lot more power a lot more vigor to it just because i don't know why it just that's a kind of classic construction classic build-up that i'm always expecting in certain songs just that right. a lot of a lot of bands have so kind of your con like from a listener standpoint you're kind of conditioned to expect something like that but when it right. got into the vocals for the chorus i mean they felt a little bit they felt like not as powerful but they felt more concentrated on what was going yeah. on it was supposed to be kind of hypnotizing is what it was because like you said, like most people expect something else, but when you hear something different, it kind of like makes you really listen into what is being said. Yeah, because that's what it did for me. I'm like, wait a minute, I was expecting something, you know, really yeah. feeling that full volume, feeling that full emotion of what the yeah. manipulation is going to be, but I never got that. But then, kind of trying to ask you guys, you know, okay, so what was the whole entire purpose behind this? What was the meaning behind this? And talking about how it's just trying to have the tables turned so that whoever you're trying to talk to, whoever you're trying to get to see life from the other side, trying to get them to focus on that and just kind of being more concentrated on that. Now it makes a lot more sense into telling the story that the song is trying to tell. Right. Now I'm really more interested in this 
song than I was beforehand because I'm like I thought that I thought it was like more of a negative manipulation kind of thing. But when you guys said positive manipulation, I'm like okay, now I'm like going through my my brain is racking through right now. Like, right. how the hell am I like? I got to rethink this whole entire song all based off of that. Yeah, yeah. which is kind of crazy too because it's just. With again, with manipulation, you're leading up to a lot of interpretation as well. So you're getting people to think, okay, you got one thing, you can have one different thing. It's interesting to see how different mindsets and how different um, perspectives from different people can, uh, what's the correct word, can interpret a song that can be, it can be interpreted two completely different ways. But in the end, like the core meaning ends up being the same in the end. Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of got that on this one now because it's just, Again, you guys are talking about more positive side. I'm talking more like thinking about when I first heard it more on the negative side. I'm like, huh? Again, well, I mean, it's, it's cool either way. Like, we yeah. want we want you to see it the way you see it, right? Not that was way, our goal, not the way we see it. Like, it's all up to interpretation and perspective. Like, however that song fits with you in your life and what's going on with you in your life. Right. You know, however you see fit is how that song was written. You know, we left it very broad to be interpreted in different ways. Like the lyrics, you know, like you thought it was more negative and I thought it was more negative, but somebody else sees it in more of a uplifting way. You know, it's just left more up to be broad, like a broad stance where anybody can believe it or perceive it any way they want. And that's what we want. We don't want everybody to see it the way we write it, you know, or how you believe it. We want everyone to have their own kind of thoughts on it. Which the is, meaning of the song is however you take it. Yeah, it doesn't matter how we think, you know. Yeah. But I guess it does for you or anybody else that's interested in the whole backstory. I get that. I would yeah. want to know too. Yeah, and one thing that I kind of think about now is when you brought that up, because I've had conversation with this before, and I want to get your guys' take on this, is when it comes to music as well, there's certain times where certain bands, certain songs, it's just they don't necessarily hit as powerful, and there's times where it's just – they're way too broad to the point where it's just whatever the message is trying to go. It can go in so many different directions that people kind of get lost when they're trying to funnel into just what the core meaning of the sound, the song is. However, there are other times where they can be so rigidly specific that people are trying to relate to them. Can't necessarily relate to them because of how rigidly specific they are. If you haven't gone through or experienced specifically what the song is talking about, you can't really like dive deep into it and connect with it. However, there are times where it can be broad with a little bit more of like a, what's the word? A little bit more of like a uh, direction, a little bit more of a guidance, like manipulation is. Or it can be something that's a lot more specific, but is open a little bit more to interpretation. That's where that connection really comes in, where you're going to get people to connect with these songs in completely different ways through their experiences. However, with that little bit of direction or a lot of direction with a little bit more openness as well, everyone's going to end up relating to it in some kind of way, in some similarity. It's just how we do it and how the experiences are, are completely different. Yeah, no doubt. And I think that's where like manipulation again comes kind of on that more of that broad side, but again, it has that it has that loosely like drawn line where it's just a guiding line, so people are kind of going along the same path to get to the end. But it's just how we all relate to it is completely different. Where again, some might be thinking more of a negative manipulation style, some might be thinking more of a positive manipulation style, some might be thinking more something a lot more neutral. You never know, but everyone's going to get to that same end point with it at some point in time. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's also the cases where people are manipulated by their own mind, mm-hmm. you know, like this whole demon or monster that you feel like you're dealing with is actually yourself. Like you can't get past your own thoughts. Like they're talking about me. They're talking shit about me right now. I can't hear what they're saying. You know, like people get in their heads that way. And like, 
tear themselves down. Yeah. So that's like self-manipulation. Like there's so many different ways you can look at this song. And like, we tried to do a foreshadowing in the video, like with the plague doctor, you know, the whole pandemic going on and stuff like that. And just having different types of manipulation. We deal with the news and, hey, you got to wear a mask. Or, hey, she's in a shitty relationship. Or, hey, this is, uh, you know, just whatever you perceive it. We tried to leave it kind of broad, like you said. Yeah, yeah and there's a lot of people, too, that can will end up connecting with this song on the fact that they might be manipulating themselves in their own mind because I've, been, I've done that before, too, a couple of years ago where it was just I couldn't figure out exactly what why the hell I couldn't get past this one thing, and it was because I wouldn't let myself get past it. So yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't, like, I went like a bunch, like many nights where all of a sudden it's like, okay, how many hours of sleep did I get? If I got three, I was lucky. Right. And then trying to figure out exactly what was wrong. It was like, I went to the doctor and it's like, okay, um, it's nothing wrong with you physically. I'm like, okay, so now I know it's all myself that's doing it to myself. It's all mental. Okay. How do we fix this? Here's antidepressants. No. Right. No. No. <laughs> I'll say. I'll say that's self manipulation that tends to turn into some kind of bad manipulation in the end, where it's like, okay, we can fix this. Here, take these pills. It's like that doesn't get to the root of the problem. Pills. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're, they're like. They're, they're like money. <laughs> Fuck you, money. Yeah. I feel like that's like kind of like on a different subject in a sense. Like, there's too much of like. Uh, I mean the world obviously revolves around greed, but at the same time, like with like going to doctors and people you're supposed to trust like that, it still comes down now to a point. Like you really don't have many genuine people anymore like that. And like, it just revolves around greed. So they're just like, Oh, they'll write you this prescription, get you out of there, get the next person to make money. When like, when that's the problem, it's like, Oh, you don't need medicine. Let's try counseling. Let me send you to someone to talk pay to. Pay money to them. On. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, but it's like you, you try to find like, I feel like there's not really any doctors anymore that try to legitimately find help for people that are dealing with like mental issues going on, yeah. you know, because there are people that can't help what's going on. And like medicine works for some people and sometimes it doesn't work for other people. And like, you can't just give the, you can't write one prescription for everybody. It's not the same for everyone. Right. You know, and I feel like it's not, it's gotten to a point where it's not personal for people anymore. And like, you've got people like you will go in and be like, oh, well, here you go. Here's just some pills. Take these. You'll be fine. And it's like, that's not what's going to solve the problem. So you know, maybe I need to go jump out of a plane and skydive. How do you know that's not therapy? <laughs> I don't need pills, yeah. you know, but I need some yeah. adrenaline or something. That might change my life a little bit, you know, go ride a dirt bike or do something wild. That might I can, help you out. I can personally yeah. attest to the fact that skydiving is rather therapeutic. So I got you on that one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they say people that like have thoughts of suicide, like go jump out of a plane, you know, like it's a lot of times that helps people like rethink things, you know, parachute. <laughs> I mean, you're jumping out. Yeah. Jump out of a plane with a parachute. Like, let's, yeah. Let's skydiving. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, yeah well yeah i know what you're getting at it's like if you're gonna if, if like go jump out of a plane but like but do it skydiving style where maybe if it's especially if it's your first time you're doing a tandem jump with an experienced professional so right. that you have that safety network so like you're not like gonna accidentally pull the cord too early or too late or you're gonna end up like drifting into oncoming traffic when you're trying to land because yeah the first time I did, I'm like, there's no way in hell I'd be able to try and figure it out on my own. Like, I, I, I got this. Nope, nope, nope. Into a tree, into a tree. And then that's it. But 
It's just that. Oh no! Knowing me, I, if if it was up to me, I would have pulled that thing way too late because I was just <laughs> yeah. like, I just remember falling like just like the free fall. I was enjoying it so much, just like looking at the ground, like this is awesome. All of a sudden, the I, like the guy pulled the cord, and I was I said, not yet, not yet. And just <laughs> just flew up, and then oh god. It just it it was it was an incredible adrenaline rush to the point where I had got like not much sleep the night before because I was at a wedding and also it's like okay I had a little bit too much to drink that night oh god this is gonna be interesting totally yeah. woke me up right away though yeah oh yeah I could imagine that's right nothing wakes you up more than going 120 miles an hour just looking straight at the ground <laughs> yeah let's do it I've always, I have not wanted, done it but I've wanted to. Just I don't know if I have enough balls to scout that. I'll we'll just push it out. Yeah, that helps me is going to have to be a lot taller than me just so my feet can be off the ground. I can pick you up and yeah. jump out. That way I can't try to stay in. Yeah. You can just pick my feet off the ground. That'd be too. mean. Dude, they should put us in like baby harnesses in the front so our arms and our legs are out and they just jump out. <laughs> that's kind of what they do, I actually like. That's kind of the harness they have. It is like a baby Bjorn harness. <laughs> really yeah which is really weird because like when i did it was the guy that was like that was hitting jumping with he was five foot six and i'm six one i <laughs> it was just like, <laughs> <laughs> was like no it wasn't even that it was like we like we got up in the plane i was not scared at all when we were going up and then it's like we were the last ones to jump out and oh, i was sitting the on the edge of the plane and he was trying to set up and then all of a sudden like i had to grab the sides because he wasn't set up yet to jump and he almost pushed me all the way out Oh. And he's like, "Why are you holding out of the side?" I'm like, "You literally like." I'm like, "Do you see how much room I have like sitting on this? Like, it was like maybe <laughs> this much that was." I'm like, "You pushed me that much more. I'm already out." <laughs> right. Ooh. That sucks. That stressed me out just thinking about it. Yeah, but it's I'm a big heights fan. Oh. I was gonna say then to go with more like the whole entire baby thing too. It's just like when you're landing, it's like, all right, pick your legs up. With oh, yeah. how tight that harness was, and like when they when they pull the cord, just how like how hard it yanked up, it cut off a good yeah. amount of circulation in my legs, so I couldn't really lift them. I'm like, I'm trying, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That's funny. But yeah, if you guys if you guys ever want to give it a shot, go and do it. It's just it's something that you know it's you might be scared at first, but then one that once that adrenaline hits, it's just it's so much fun. Oh yeah, I imagine. <laughs> And just remember, I grew, up, I grew up riding dirt bikes, so I'm kind of like an adrenaline junkie anyway. So I can totally imagine how much fun it would be, even though I'm scared of heights. Like, I would still do it. All three of y'all are scared of heights. I'm scared of heights, dude. but I'll do it. Dang, I mean, yeah, I'm not like afraid of heights here. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. I don't even like climbing ladders. I mean, I climb ladders at work. I don't like it, but I get paid to do it. So. <laughs> it could be, it could be, a, it could be a song idea right there, all about facing your fear of heights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can literally write about anything. Apparently, yeah. I mean, a lot of people make money doing that. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, one of my favorite bands wrote a whole entire album based on horror movies. Yeah, it worked. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it worked. Is that um, what's the band called? Ice Nine Kills. Yeah, that's what I figured you're talking about. You write a song about your wet ass pussy too. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, and it, I can't lie, that song's a banger. And, and it can be the most popular song in America. <laughs> so many great, there's so many great songs. I was gonna say so many great songs, and yet WAP is the most popular song of 2020. There's some boys in this house. 
I, I still I still think I've ever actually listened to the song to this day. So I haven't either. Of, yeah, I haven't. I haven't listened to it all the way Let's through. Pull that shit up. Let's, let's, um, not, let's not say we did. <laughs> yeah, let's not say we did. <laughs> no, no. I've got I've got a feeling that once we get off this call, all of a sudden he's just gonna be like, "Alrighty, guys, we're gonna play it." Just start just to ever, wherever speakers you have in there, he's gonna blast it and just see what happens. <laughs> Nobody um, knows this, but we're actually working on the cover of it now. And we're replacing pussy with pooter. So every time it's supposed to be white ass pussy, it'll be do it for this white ass pooter. <laughs> That's definitely how it goes. I, th- I think you guys might be able to revive those Pop Goes Punk covers with just that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd give it a shot. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> It'd be really interesting to see like someone do like a hard rock or just like a heavy metal or even like metalcore version of that song just to see what would happen. I'm sure it's out there somewhere. Or it's but, coming. Same. Yeah. I was gonna say because I mean, there's I mean, take remember what remember when I Prevail broke out was because they covered Taylor Swift's Blank Space. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there were too many kids at my high school that just loved that song. It's just like, <laughs> all right, you guys. Whatever. That's how people discover Taylor Swift. <laughs> It was because of I Prevail. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna have to use that at some point now for for something else. Just like, yeah, how many how do people find about Taylor Swift? It was through I Prevail, man. Yeah, yeah. it's it like Alien Ant Farm did uh, Michael, Michael Jackson. Yeah. Oh Michael yeah, that's right. <laughs> was it wasn't like, wasn't thriller Post wasn't Malone finally wasn't gave Ozzy a platform for yeah. to become known. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. supposed to do that for yeah. such an old part like Ozzy. Ozzy still kills yeah. it, man. Oh yeah, Ozzy's oh, one of my favorites. Like everything he touches Black is gold, Ex- except for that bat. Then it just turns to dead. Yeah. <laughs> What's really awesome is watching the. Uh, the Ozzy and Jack world detour. Oh, yeah, that's Dude, awesome. I love watching it just because I love watching Ozzy just literally exist. Yeah, I do too. Like, anything Ozzy's on, I watch it. Like, they stop that in Mississippi and the, the old uh, blues guitar player or whatever uh-huh. brought him a cup of coffee and he just chugged it and he was like, does that not burn your mouth? He goes, I want my caffeine right now. <laughs> Dude, that's what I was yeah, They have a, uh, him and Jack, they have like a ghost hunting show that they do now. <laughs> or they'll sit there and they'll watch yeah. videos of it's like a, ghost things happening or alien invasions and stuff. It's uh, the Osbournes want to believe. Yeah, and like Ozzy will give his opinions on like how everything is, and it's just like the most fun thing to watch. It's pretty great because everything Sharon says, he just gets pissed about it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was, like, why would you even say that? <laughs> I was. Uh, I was watching one of the other episodes of the world detour thing and like Jack was talking to whoever in like the store yeah. and then Ozzy just like went walking off through the store and I'm like could you imagine being some middle of nowhere like convenience store and Ozzy <laughs> just walks by right, and goes, yeah. my <laughs> I was like, oh my god I'm giving you a hug whether you want one or not yeah. sorry <laughs> but this doesn't happen <laughs> just make sure you bring him some coffee so he can get his caffeine Right yeah. now, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I'm sure when you have to give up cocaine, you want coffee all day, every day. Yeah. Oh yeah, or or you'll just end up sorting a line of ants walking on the sidewalk, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah. kissing on them, and then drinking that. 
Yep. And then <laughs> drinking Nikki Six's piss. Yeah. <laughs> For everyone who wants to watch that, just watch the reenactment in the movie The Dirt. Right. I'll say Ozzy's character kind of stole the show a little bit, like right the beat, like right at that part, because everyone's like, "What the hell's going on?" All of a sudden, whoever played Ozzy in that in that little segment did, did a fantastic job with it. They did, like they oh, killed yeah. it. Looked like him, acted like him. I literally like, thought I was watching Ozzy for a yeah. second. Like, what, what I was I like, "Oh, that's cool really it. What I thought was cool about it is how genuine he was about when he was like being a dad to him. Like, don't let all this like consume you because it'll turn you into a monster. Yeah. Like it did him, kind of deal, you know. Like there was like a dad moment there, and then he just did some crazy shit right after it. It was pretty cool. Yeah, he's like, "No, hold my beer and watch this." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I kind of got that too. I'm like, "Oh, he's actually being rather helpful in this moment." But I don't think these guys are gonna listen because they just saw him snort a line of ants. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, "Come, come here, have a talk with your uncle Ozzy," and they're just like, "Yes." <laughs> <laughs> he's, it's like it's like after he said that i'm pretty sure like if in real life i'm pretty sure like tommy lee was looking at him like are you gonna do something crazy now right <laughs> <laughs> okay i gotta rewatch that movie again oh, we did. a couple weeks ago actually I remember, when it, I remember when it came out because everyone was kind of going a little bit crazy on it because it was like, oh, it's a, it's a crazy movie. But everyone was kind of going off on the fact that MGK was playing Tommy Lee. And I was like, why the hell is MGK playing Tommy Lee? <laughs> right. He kind of killed it, too. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He did kill it. Mm-hmm. It was kind of wacky. Apparently, just like, it. he was actually playing the drums in this part. Mm-hmm. Like, he yeah, trained John Stanley. That's yeah. the funniest thing I've ever seen. Well, I was gonna say, like, if you take a look at like the little like outtakes at the like they do at like the end of the movie, because like right at the end of it, like when they're doing the shoot, when they, like they're all in the credits, like sometimes they're showing like a couple of different things. If you actually look at one of them where they've got, I think it's Nikki Six and Tommy Lee, like they're watching the guys that played Motley Crue in the movie just perform in front of them, just like to kind of see like critique their movements and whatnot. And you look mm-hmm. at MGK on the drums. And he's literally got like the sticks twirling perfectly in his hand and just going nuts on him too. Yeah, no doubt. He killed it. Oh yeah, NGK is talented. I'm pretty sure he, Tommy, was probably the one that talked to me. He's like, dude, do a rock album. Yeah, might have, oh, yeah. Might have been. I don't know, but it happened. It wasn't bad. It was pretty good. I haven't heard it. I haven't either. It's very in the pocket, but for a rap artist, that he kept it really rock. Because I listened to it, and I had a little. The, my biggest trouble with it is just I can't wrap my head around MGK's voice on a pop punk track. Just because, like, some of the times when you're like, I expect him to hit certain high notes, it just he can't do it. Yeah. But then I looked at him like I'm not gonna give him too much, give it too much crap for it because there are so many kids that were kind of just not into rock and metal in any sort. All of a sudden, MGK comes out with a pop punk album, and people are like a younger generation starting to get into it again. And then you're starting to see, and then you're starting to see other people pop up on those kind of tracks. Like I think Miley Cyrus said she wanted to do a rock album, and then Halsey wants to do a pop punk album. Which I actually, after listening to her uh, feature on one of the MGK tracks, I'm like, yeah, she could definitely pull it off with her with her voice. And then yeah. with uh, someone like Youngblood uh, feature on Obey by Bring Me the Horizon, like something yeah. like that. It's like, all right, now you're getting more people into this shit. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah dude. I That's really cool. dig that song too. It's like. It's kind of like bridging the gap kind of deal. Like, I feel like Linkin Park tried to do that a long time ago, and, like, everybody's just now catching on. Oh, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they were the pioneers of all of this right now. 
Yeah, because like, because it kind of started out like with a little bit more of that mixture of like with what hip hop and like pop music were doing with more of like what metal and hard rock were doing. Like, kind of look at new metal in a way to start out with that, just because kind of bringing more of those faster pace and more of those hip hop influences in there. But Linkin Park really had that first full on feel where it was meshed together perfectly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, they I mean, killed it. I'll say, I mean, even take a look at it now, it's just people still think about Hybrid Theory as one of the best albums of this century, and it came out right at the beginning of it. Right. And then it's like you, and it's like you go down the list of like five or six more albums, and then Meteora is right there. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, but, everything uh, kind of went changed but for a little bit. They tried some bunch of different stuff, but still, we got Hybrid Theory, we got Meteora, we're good. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cause I'll still listen, I'll still listen to those every now and again. Cause it's just, it can't go away from them. It's, like I, I'm a bigger fan of Meteor than I was Hybrid Theory. But then maybe it was just because like when I was finally starting to like come into more of my own on music, it was Meteor was more of a big thing than Hybrid Theory was. So yeah, yeah. It might just be a prank of the times. Oh yeah. <laughs> but we'll, we'll see what happens with that going forward. And I kind of want to see what you guys thought on that. Do you guys think, especially with, again, with, some of these more pop artists being featured not only on rock and metal tracks, but also potentially doing rock and metal albums themselves. Do you think it's going to be good for rock and metal or do you think it's going to be kind of like a passing fad? I think everything these days is a passing fad because nobody does enough drugs anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think drugs might be an all time high. Like for real, they're like, there's the older, I can't remember the artist who was talking about it, but, he was talking about how he respected like younger artists these days because they write really great albums without the drugs and stuff like they used to do. And then he was talking about how they don't stick around like the older bands used to do because they were way out there because they were taking hallucinogens and psychedelics and stuff like that. Smoking like, like, eagles. like their brains are on <laughs> a different level than they are now. But musicians today are way more technical, I guess you could say, like the metal, the gent brand and stuff like oh, that yeah. like they're just there's a lot of crazy good musicians out there you know and like the general public that are on the mainstream level they can't wrap their heads around it so it's not cool it's not popular because they don't know how to bob their head to it you know yeah it's they're not really bobbing their head to it most time it's like they don't want to just like like headbang to it as, as well just because i'm kind of yeah. thinking about it too it's just like there's certain songs that i even pick up now and it's just Take a listen to some of like the pop tracks that are out there because everything is so heavily electronically influenced. So there's not it seems like kind of a certain in a certain way, like there's a good amount of creativity that ends up being lost. And then take a listen to something like The Sin in the Sentence by Trivium with just how the drumming is written and performed on that track. I can't even wrap my head around it. Yeah. yeah. It's like, how the hell do you do so many double kicks in that span of time and just not get tired? I don't get it. <laughs> and then, like, when you brought up the gent style as well, it's just you take a look at, like, the, the, the majority of people that are really big into, the into like, that gent sub- subgenre. I mean, they're some of the, like, educationally, they're some of the smartest people out there, the engineers, um, <laughs> the scientists. It's like, what? The, how the hell does that work? I mean, I still don't understand it, but I'm not going to complain about it because... I know a couple of people that I end up talking to, they're really big into it and I'm just not the biggest into it, but it's like, I understand where you're coming from with it. Cause some of the stuff is done on it is really wacky and really cool at the same time. Right. But it's like, but it does, I think it might also go to the fact where it's just, it does have a little bit more of like a technical power to it and has a little bit more of a, 
what's the correct word? Look like a little bit more of a weird creativity to it, to where some people just don't want to necessarily get into that because it might be a little bit too complex. Yeah. Have you heard of the band The Violent? I have. Dude, that is like a very refreshing band. It. I don't know if it is, but it sounds like the singer from Taproot. I haven't even looked into who they are, like who's in the band yet or not. But I love that song, Fly on the Wall. Like the way that chorus vibes. It's got oh, a yeah. corn vibe to it. Yeah, like it's very refreshing for 2020 to hear something like that come out. You know what I mean? And it, there's not one distorted guitar in it. It's just very groovy and like clean, you know? And the, mel- like the vocal melodies, sick. Yeah, I have to listen to that again because I haven't listened to that song in a long time. Yeah, yeah I, I dig it, man. It's <laughs> a very refreshing song to hear come out this year. I'll say in a, in a long time, I mean like one or two right months. What's that? I'll say, and as I say, a long time, it's like one or two months, just because like in the past like two months before we shot, it's like all the new music that was coming out, I'm just like trying to consume as much of it as possible and understand as much of it as possible and then yeah. not get completely lost in it. Yeah. <laughs> It was like, oh, now I've got to listen to like, oh, here's new fit for a king. Here's new 10 years. Oh, Corey Taylor came out with his solo album. Oh, a bunch of bands are dropping their debut albums in in October. Oh, shit. Now, Bring Me the Horizon just comes out with something absolutely insane. Like, how do I keep my head wrapped around all this shit? That's what quarantine will do. Quarantine. <laughs> you ain't got nothing to do but write. Oh, we'll see what happens next year because, you know, after bands have kind of like, you know, well, once 2020 starts, because who knows how much new music we have to deal with that hasn't been released yet, that's going to end up right. being compiled. And once once we have the ability to have concerts come back, holy shit, a lot of these bands are going to want to get out there so they can release their album and then also promote at the same time as well. You're going to have like, you could, you could potentially have like these massive tours where all of a sudden you've got the bands that are, you've got three big bands that are coming out with albums all at the same time. And then they're just going to go on tour together. And it's just mm-hmm. already you're going to just like bands that would normally do tours at like you know just like larger music venues like concert halls that kind of stuff could be doing arenas just based off of that right i feel like once it all comes back it's going to come back really strong yeah there's going to be a hunger for it people have been missing it like they would miss a double cheeseburger from mcdonald's that they couldn't (laughs) eat for a year you know like you always somehow crave that cheeseburger from mcdonald's no matter how bad it is right yeah i agree with that because i do that a lot (laughs) i'm like damn i wish i had a mcdonald's cheeseburger right now i do for mcdonald's cheeseburger but not bad music (laughs) i don't crave to hear bad music no matter how bad it is (laughs) (laughs) yeah but i'm 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 curious to see what's going to happen too once concert will come back just because one thing that I have been seeing is just certain places because of the, of COVID-19, because of the shutdown have been having to close their doors for good. And I'm talking about music right. venues, mostly smaller music venues. And all of a sudden, once concerts come back, just because bands have been able to tour for at this point, like nine months, and then it could go on to a full year or even more than that. How many bands are going to try and get out there? How many how, these concert halls that are going to end up surviving or these places that are going to surviving, they could be absolutely packed and make right. a good amount of money back in the next like six months after that happens, because they could have shows every single night and they could have shows of some bigger names coming through too, because people, they're just going to try and get out there and play somehow. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're right. And I always like to ask this question too, especially when something like this comes up is when that time does come where we're able to get back to playing concerts, how do you guys plan on going forward with that? Playing as much as we can. Yeah. I mean, you got to keep living life, man, and doing what makes you happy, and we're going to do that. So that's the goal. 
And the goal is to get out there and play as much as possible and get our product out as much as possible and just see everybody and play shows, which we enjoy doing the most. And like, or the whole process of writing and then taking it to the stage and performing it is what we love the most. Yeah. So. But kind of like what kind of shows are you guys thinking of doing? Is it like on a smaller scale, trying to get a little bit more of a larger scale, maybe trying to get attached to some sort of tour? Like, is there an idea there or is it just going to be kind of take it as it comes? Well, uh, we would definitely like to play like bigger shows. Bigger the better. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, you got to stick to your roots, but not get screwed at the same time. And play around town and play the smaller venues that kind of helps you get to where you are. You know what I mean? And keep playing at those smaller venues that have the intimate setting, like, uh, take Alter Bridge for instance. They're huge in Europe, and they come back home and play clubs like Iron City. And they'll go pack out Wembley Arena or Stadium, you know, yeah. like the biggest venue on the planet. And they come back to Birmingham and play like a two thousand capacity venue. So, yeah, because I can actually, I say I can actually kind of bring that up too. Because yeah, Alter Bridge, like I've seen, like I've seen them like play those massive shows over in Europe. Yet when they were doing the whole Walk the Walk the Sky tour over here in the U.S. right before the pandemic hit they were here in Milwaukee and they were and like the, the concert hall that we were at, it's a venue that has like seven different stages in it. And, but there's three yeah. main ones and they were on the mid tier one, which I'm like, this is freaking altar bridge. Why are they on the mid tier <laughs> stage? And like, yeah. I've seen bands up in the ballroom that are just like, I don't think are nearly as big as altar bridge, but they were up there, which kind of threw me off a little bit. I was like, huh? Wonder why. Yeah. And I've, and then I've seen some bigger bands up in the ballroom. that I thought that's their biggest venue. I'm like, I'm not necessarily sure that they could be there. I'm pretty sure there could be like some other bands that were on that night that could be up there. There was one that I remember where it was, there was some pop artist that was in the barn, which is the biggest one. Then they had this club level. They had some alt rock artists. And then in the basement, it was, they, they were kind of, I asked, yeah, actually asked the venues. They were mad. They put this band in the basement because they had the highest demand for tickets being sold and they couldn't move them anywhere because it's like, they already had the other two booked. And this was, it was uh, a tour with, Awake at last, light the torch, fit for a king, and ice nine kills. And it was oh, the shit. day. It was two days after Halloween that the show was. So Damn. it's like, come on, you gotta, you gotta move these guys to a much Perfect. bigger venue because <laughs> it was like these other two shows they hadn't sold out yet, and this ice nine kills one sold out in like twenty minutes. Yeah, light <laughs> the torch slams, dude. They did so good. That's the whole reason I went to that show. It's like I just, at first I just wanted to see Howard Jones perform once. I'm like, I just gotta see this. Yeah, no doubt, he's killer. And then, I, and then I got treated to fit for a king and ice nine kills. I'm just like, <gasps> yay. <laughs> oh, I'm hoping to like, because even like that venue here, that what they're trying to do to make money right now is just during the pandemic is they did the whole entire like haunted house thing because the, the venue is apparently haunted where it used to be this old like athletic club, social club kind of thing. They have an old <laughs> pool in the back. That's uh, some kid drowning back in the, I think it was the seventies or the eighties. And nice. apparently the kids still haunts. There's a janitor that nice. still haunts it. So they like let people in there. The haunting. Yeah. Yeah. They let Same people nice in. about the haunting. The kid, <laughs> I mean, the weird stuff. He said, nice oh, about kid the kid drowned? Nice. There used to be a lifeguard. Yeah, it, it, was, it, it, was all, it was all because of that. It was all because of that that they ended up having to turn into a concert venue. Yeah. I'm not going to complain, though. I, like, they always go to that place. It's freaking awesome. Yeah. So if you guys ever get a chance to come to Milwaukee and play at the rave, I suggest you do it. What's it called? 
The rave. The rave. The rave. Cool. Yeah. It's haunted. Um. Yeah. And if if you nice. play if you play there, they'll the most likely they'll let you end up signing like because if you look like they still have the they don't have the pool like open and available. It's not filled yeah. or anything because they're like it takes too much to just run like operate it cost wise. Mm-hmm. So it's still like the pool is still there though, but all a lot of the artists will end up going and signing the walls or like on the pool in the pool around everything. There's a big giant one that says Mac Miller is dead, and he's put he he signed that like two months before he died. Dang, damn. that's wild. We need to go there and play in the pool. We'll set up and play in the pool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. with all the guests. Once you go out of stage, so it looks like we're in water. Yeah, everything's clear. Mm-hmm. And then we'll just have the ghost kid running around. <laughs> oh, and then if and then there might be a chair that randomly just like moves into the pool at some time as well. Apparently, that's the janitor that died there. He just likes to move his chair into the pool. Huh? Wow. He likes to watch. The that's pretty awesome. Around. Yeah. So if, if you guys if you guys somehow are able to play in the pool at the rave, which would be absolutely incredible, due to the fact that I don't think anyone ever has. <laughs> I mean, that that would be like you could like literally make just a whole entire line of merch that just says "We played in the pool." Yeah. <laughs> right. We got waist deep in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> Just, just have them like, fill up the water a little bit, so it's like you're literally just we, actually we, have some we water. We teabag the pool. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy, but I'm when it, when conscious do come back though, it's just I, it seems like what you guys said was you guys want to make sure you play as much as possible, so that kind of kind of just mitigate what happened this year just really get yourselves back out there again but not only that but especially with people craving concerts right now and craving that some that feel of community that feel of of like that intimacy that you can have at shows as well with the with the band with the artists as well that's that connection a lot of people are missing that a lot of people are missing that whole entire family positive vibe just the fact mm-hmm. that you guys are going to be able to get out there and play whether it's a larger venue smaller venue with a with a band that's going to take you to or just kind of doing your own thing whatever it might be just to get that though, you're gonna end up having, in my opinion, a lot of demand for those kind of shows because people are just missing that. Oh, definitely. It's kind of like just take advantage of it as much as you can. Yep. Yeah, man, we're looking forward to getting back out there and playing more shows. Fuck yeah. For sure. We miss but, it. But it doesn't seem like we're gonna get that for another couple of months, maybe half a year. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. <laughs> <Yeah>. but, <laughs> But, Unfortunately, but until that time, uh, what are the, what's the plans for Seven Stone Riot up until then? Just writing. We plan on releasing another song, hopefully at the beginning of next year, maybe towards the middle. So, it's a big see how that goes. <laughs> at some no. point, at some point next year, around the time of like January or December. <laughs> 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 Yeah. we'll release it at some point between january and december we don't know when but it's just going to come out at some point during yeah, that we day. don't we don't want to specify a certain day because you're like hey man i thought you'd come out with a song on this day right today. you can't really do that it's <laughs> coming out today god i hate you now yeah you because know. i mean that's kind of what happened with manipulation though like we were planning on releasing it in july and then our at the beginning of june and then some came up we were like hey let's do this with that so then we were like all right we have to re-record this part and then we were like, all right, let's do a video with it. Yeah. We're like, real drums And then we were like, we need to shoot a video for it. So we're like, all right, let's shoot the video. And then it took us a while to figure out where we we're going to shoot this video and all that. And then getting it, the whole video done. And finally, around October is when we we're able to release it all. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
so we don't like to really specify when we're coming out with things because we like to come up with the rules as we go <laughs> I'll say, fair enough guys. i mean it is your music as well so you guys should be able to release it whenever you want to but i love the fact it's like you know what if you're going to give people a date range, just what you got to say, be like, you know what? We're planning on coming out with something between January 1st, 2021 and December 31st, 2021. But it could come out after that. You never know. Yeah. Be on the lookout. Yeah. It's coming soon, though. Yeah. Don't you worry. It'll be there. I feel like I got to have like something in this podcast, like at the bottom of the video, like when people are watching, like, when's their next stuff coming out? It's just going to, I might literally put in there January 31st, 2021. Through December thirty first, twenty twenty one, or sometime after that. Yeah, yeah, definitely do that. Yeah. Just, just basically as a translation, something's gonna come out. Something new's gonna come up from. We just don't know when. Yeah, yeah but it will be between those months. Because <laughs> we also have to decide what song we're gonna go with, and we have like five or six that we're working on right now. So, I think the biggest thing though is like. We're probably just going to release singles and videos each right. time we do it. Just to, you know, there's no sense in spending a whole bunch of money on a 10 song record unless you're on a label. You know what I mean? Like when you're in a, in a position that we're in, which is basically independency, is do what you can with what you got. And we're trying to do as much as we can with what we have, which is recording songs in this garage right here and sending it to a producer to fine tune it and maybe give us some more ideas like hey you should do this with this verse here or this bridge kind of deal and then we'll nitpick it until it's done yeah and then once we do like eight to ten singles we just put them all on one album and call it the singles album right yeah Ooh. <laughs> they literally have the greatest hits <laughs> yeah because <laughs> yeah. they're all singles yeah. <laughs> so, done well, and done yeah been there done it yeah, well, one of the idea behind that too is I've seen a lot more artists do that, where it's just they're not coming out with they're coming out with real, more consistent releases, but they're not coming out with like a full album release. It's more of a singles based thing, and a lot of that just has to deal with how music is consumed these days, especially through streaming services, so that you're constantly yes. in the mindset, you're constantly in the loop, and you're not getting lost because there's some bands like, oh yeah, I remember that band. Was the last time they came out with any kind of new music four years ago? they're working on an album i mean the only the only band i've seen it work for where they took so much time between an album that they stayed in the whole entire mindset everybody was tool because everyone's like when's tool coming out with the next album took 10 years 13 13 it took 10 years 13 years that's our new band name is 13 years i thought it was 10 years 13 years like that you just gotta you gotta have it combined also with the dash there. When's the next? When's when's your next stuff coming out? Oh, it's just look at our name. You'll figure it out. Yeah, right. Ten to thirteen years. <laughs> Ten to thirteen years. Did you guys see where uh, the original singer for Ocean's Eight Alaska came back and they put out a new song? Yeah. Oh, oh, they did, and it is so so good. Like I started listening to Ocean's Eight Alaska back in high school, and they dropped their EP, and I love their EP. And then like I think it was like. Two years after that, they did their first full-length album, and it was amazing, front to back. Then their singer left in 2016, and then they had that next album with the other guy on it. And, like, the music was okay, but he was vocalist nowhere near as good as the original guy. Now the original guy is back, and they put out a new song. I'm so excited. I was so happy last night when I saw that. I was shit my pants. I think that came out, like, 
well, I'm trying to think when we shot this, like, like a week or a week or a week, week, like a week, week, two days or a week before we shot this, this one that came out. Cause I remember seeing on Twitter, there's some big guy that's into metalcore on Twitter. He's just, anytime something new comes out, he just like blasts it out there. It was like, Oh, shit, Alaska came out with a new single. It's like, everyone's like, okay, why is this so big news? The original lead singer's back and everyone's just like, holy motherfucking oh, yeah. shit, man. Yeah. And it <laughs> fucking rips, dude. It's so good. God. I, like that, I, I, I passively listened to it only once so far i've got to dive deeper into it it's so good like that all the guys in the band are just so talented and like they're i definitely feel like listening to their stuff it's got to be in it like in a sense an acquired taste because it can be kind of hard to follow at times like the time changes but it's just so good i don't know there's great hey man if it's great that's all that matters mm-hmm. hell yeah <laughs> And on the fact that they're back, you kind of seem pretty happy about that. Cause you're just like smiling, like, yeah. This is good I'm stuff. so excited, dude. Cause like I just, I, I still to this day like listen to their EP and their first album probably once every week or two. Cause it's just like I love it. It's so good. And like, there's that second full length. I'm just like, eh, I just don't listen to it. And now like I don't know. Just got an attachment to them. Also, we we all have that. We all have that with our some of our favorite bands. Which is like we like a lot of their stuff, but there's like one album or one EP where it's like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that one didn't happen. That one's on the shelf collecting dust. <laughs> so I've got the same things. I've got a whole bunch of like I got a whole bunch of vinyl albums of so my favorite band. I'm like, yeah, I've got every single one of their albums. It's like the one that came out in 2014. I'm just like, I'm just gonna leave that one. I, I got it. There's some songs I like on it, but I'm like, for the most part, I'm just gonna leave that there. <laughs> just gonna I'm just listen to what they came out with in 2006 and 2008, 2017, and just enjoy. And also sit here waiting. When the hell am I going to get more Rise Against music? Ah! Oh, yeah. I saw Rise Against open for Foo Fighters in Birmingham in like 2008. They're pretty good. Oh, that would have been that would have been such a that, sick show to see. Now he's just seen Rise Against. Seen but I've seen Rise Against see Foo Fighters at the same time too. Ah, I have not done that it was, yet. It was All American Rejects, uh, Rise Against, and Foo Fighters. Jesus yeah. Christ. I know, yeah, it was pretty badass. It was a four-hour show because the first two bands played for like 25 minutes and then Foo Fighters played for three hours. <laughs> that sounds like Dave a Grohl Foo Fighters show. Dave Grohl went back like two hours into the show and they've got a camera back there and he's on the screen out on the stage, you know, and he's like, like this, holding up one finger, like one more song. And everybody's like, ah! two more. And then he holds up 10, and they come out and play 10 more songs. That's awesome. So and their encore was 10 songs. Hey, it's Eight. Dave Grohl, ultimate crowd pleaser, man. What can you say? So the only person... He gives it everything. The only, the only band I've ever seen give that, like, anywhere near that long of an encore was about eight, nine years ago. I went to go see Bruce Springsteen play at Wrigley Field. <laughs> And yeah, really. they turned the stadium lights on on him because it's like, okay, now you have to be done. It was like 11, 11, 30. They turned him on. Dude didn't end until 12, 30 in the morning. You <laughs> <laughs> just kept playing with lights off? No, no. No, was they they, they originally had all the stadium lights off for the, for the ballpark. But then, like, to try and tell him, okay, you got to be done so that people can exit and we can, like, <laughs> mitigate all this. They turned the stadium lights on. Okay, and he yeah, just awesome. didn't give a shit. He just kept going. <laughs> oh, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Now I know where Dave Grohl learned it. Took it straight from the boss. Yeah, we did. Oh, yeah. I mean, dude fell off the stage and broke his leg and had a cast put on while he was still playing. <laughs> yeah, that's how you do it. hardcore. 
that right. he just kept kept playing. I, I I looked some of that up too because I'm like, what the hell is the whole entire story behind that? He's like, why'd you keep playing? He's like, those people paid for a show, man. <laughs> right, yeah. the show never stops. Yeah, you don't stop. No I make I make all of my money because of these people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think I think the show went on like a ten minute break just so that they could get him off from like the 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 floor where he fell on, get him back up on the stage. So they could get him in a chair and they could have an EMT hold his ankle in place for three hours until the show was over so they could go and get him in an ambulance and take him to the hospital. <laughs> That's insane. Man, That's freaking awesome. So now you guys know what you got to do. You oh, guys yeah. got Someone's exactly. got to break their ankle on stage and keep playing. Not me. I got you, it. You can't be a bitch is basically <laughs> what I got. I'm glad you got it. I, I got you. You got you to keep those ankles. <laughs> yeah, I do. I can lose one. I just need my wrists. <laughs> I can lose an ankle. <laughs> and and then and then when it comes to playing live shows after that, just make sure that you know when your ankle's healing, you're in one of those like hover round scooters, and just no, yeah. you just, yeah, just so play. You break your cell phone. <laughs> oh God. Sorry, I can't carry my amp. Yeah, my ankle is broken. <laughs> you know that might actually work. And then also just learn, you know, people. It's like you know, and the show. If, if like the venue's gonna be like, okay, you guys can play one more song. You guys start doing like, yeah, <laughs> ten yeah, more, <laughs> ten more. That's how you do it. That that's how it that's how it's done. And taking a look at the time, we're about like an hour and twenty minutes. And I think we did. I think we got through a good amount today. And also. Laughed a shit ton too, which I'm always oh, happy yeah. about. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. So as we close this one out, guys from Seven Stone Ride, I always like to end with this as well, where I give you guys a chance to give your last words in, whatever you want to say, whatever you want to plug, whatever you want to talk about, go for it. Floor is yours. Uh go on Spotify and add manipulation to your playlist. Go on YouTube and watch our video. Um just play it as much as you want. And then more. Work out to it. Yeah. That's a good one. Get mad and slam your head against yeah, the wall. Yeah, get mad so. and slam weights around to it. Oh, yeah. If there's, uh, if there's anyone listening to this that has any kind of dream, whether you just came up with this dream last night or you've been chasing it for years, don't ever stop That's right. going for it. If you want to do it, yeah, keep doing it because it. it'll come like Nike. Yep, don't just ever give do up it. on it. Don't give up on your dreams. You give up on your dreams and life's got no meaning. If you're going to fail, stop. fail hard. I'll Failing is how you learn to go in full speed. Yeah. <laughs> well, well said. And I will say this as we close this out because, as you were saying, you know, when it comes to manipulation, is add to your Spotify playlist, work out to it, watch the video. But I know what everyone watching and listening might be thinking. It's like, well, do we have to search this up? Can we just like tap a link and get to it? Well, hell yeah, you can. Just take a look at the description of this podcast, whether you're on YouTube, Spotify, Podcast, Google Play, iHeartRadio. Look at the section that says, Find Seven Stone Riot online, and you're just going to have the links for all their social media accounts, their YouTube channel, their website. If You guys got merch online? Uh, on we our do. website, we do, yes. Yep. Well, the link, well, the r- link directly to where you can buy their merch will be there as well, along with where you can stream all their music so that you guys can quickly find it, add to your playlist, stream it, listen to it, take a breath, and then do it all over again. Do That's it. right. Yeah, yeah. Well, already guys from Seven Stone Riot, it was a blast having you guys on here. And I don't feel like ending this with a goodbye due to the fact that I never like saying this, ending any of these podcasts with a goodbye because once concerts return, once all this shit goes back to normal, I do plan on seeing you guys play live at least once, twice, three times, whatever it might be. Because I saw you guys are drinking Miller Light in there during the podcast. 
as I am from as I am from the city where it is made. First round's on me when I see you guys. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. So I can't end with a goodbye. I'm gonna end with my very classic. See you later. See you, bro. See See you later. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Whoa, 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 folks. That was my interview with Seven Stone Riot out of Alabama. And yeah, if you guys noticed, they were drinking some Miller Lite in that episode. And you know what that meant? That meant that when I see them live for the first time, first round is on me. So I want to thank the guys for being on the podcast. It was a blast having them on. I know I say it's always a blast having these bands on, but it's because I always mean it. What else can I say? I mean it. I love having these bands on. So. We will have more of the MVK Music Group bands on as we go forward. We also have plans with a couple other bands from Adam Splitter PR. There, that group, it's a couple of bands they take care of. Um, also, want to shout out Shauna O'Donnell and the O'Donnell uh, Media Group because she sent me a couple of great bands as well that we'll be having on the show at some point in time. And hopefully, before the end of the year, hopefully, we can make this happen with bands like King Collapse and GFM. As I feel like those are like my two flagship bands at this point to have in the podcast. I love talking with Jonathan Norris. I love talking with Maggie, Lulu, and CJ. So hopefully we get them on the show before the end of the year or at the beginning of the year. We'll see what happens. Whatever you want, you guys prefer. Actually, whatever I prefer because I'm going to be the one scheduling them. Ooh, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. But in the end, that's me for me today, guys. Thank you for watching and listening to the podcast, to the Code Progression Podcast. First name is OTD Rocks, where rock and metal thrive. My name is Kevin, and you guys know how I end every single one of these episodes with a big, healthy, and hearty. See ya! Yeah.